Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina and this is the podcast where we enjoy many kinds of conversations that include past lives, our connection to our soul, our intuition, our connection to the divine, the divine out there, the divine inside each and every one of us. And we do this for maybe some healing, maybe some entertainment. Uh, entertainment can be very healing. So in today's episode, I am rolling solo. So I'll be talking about, um, what am I talking about today? Okay, so I'm going to be answering some questions that I've been getting. And I'm not going to answer like one specific question, but I feel like I've been getting kind of the same questions that basically say, I don't know if I'm good at hypnosis. I don't know if I'm doing it right. How can I get better at hypnosis or being in a hypnotic trance? How can I improve my intuition? So I'll be covering that today. Um, I'm also going to be covering some things that I've noticed. Like if we, if I am into, right, like learning from a past life, learning from different perspectives, different memories, different ways of being, then I can do that like within myself in this life. And it's something that I've been thinking about is like what one of the things that I fucking love about past life regression is like a lot of times if people come with an intention of like um, trying to understand better like a certain relationship or how to operate in that relationship whether they feel like they're fucking it up or they feel like I don't want to cut this person out of my life but they are awful <laughs> you know we all kind of have different ends of the spectrums there but I think <clears throat> one of the things that shows up when we in a past life regression when we're wondering about a situation is I think it's so interesting this doesn't happen every time <clears throat> excuse me it doesn't happen every time but like uh it happens often enough where I just think it's so uh cool when a client comes in and then they have an experience and they're like ah now I totally understand the other person's point of view. And then with that, they don't necessarily have to change their point of view. But sometimes when we understand why something is happening, like that can give us peace too. And we can understand more about other people the more we observe ourselves in this life. And observe ourselves like for me, that means observing myself from a non-judgmental point of view, a point of view where it's like I'm open to question this. It doesn't necessarily mean I think it's wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to do anything about it. Even if I plan on doing something about it, I don't have to do it right now. So just kind of um, melding all of that together and kind of taking like this practice of seeing a different life, seeing a past life, seeing another life, and taking those lessons with us is so obviously, I think it's so important. My fucking career is around it right now. Not only is it important, but it can like, it can really open us up to like releasing judgment in ourselves, in other people. And taking these lessons with us, I believe that in our daily lives, when we have this experience of like, and not that you have to have experience 
with your own past lives, but this is the beauty of like an audiobook about past life regression or this podcast or any other podcast about past life regression is that you can learn and heal. We can learn and heal by just hearing other people's stories. And so to be able to like weave that in and take this experience of hearing about someone else's past life, my past life, and taking the lessons, but I can do that in this life. Like I can see who I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, and in some ways I'm operating in the complete opposite way. In some ways I'm operating in a way that old me would have judged. These are all things I've been thinking about and you are coming with me on this conversation with myself and I love to verbally process things. That's why a podcast is a great fit for me. And I want to hear what you think about this. Um, If you listen to this and you're like, yeah, I feel that. Or I feel that, but it's different. Or no, I don't feel that, but I feel this instead. I would love to hear your thoughts on just kind of like what I'm talking about. This evolution, this um, when we can see ourselves operating in one way and now we operate in a different way. And how can we use that? Like not only use it in terms of like self-acceptance and releasing judgment on ourselves, but how can we use it on a bigger scale to like um, influence how we see other people, whether it's like the dick that just cut you off in traffic or that relative that you can't stand or that coworker that drives you nuts. Like how can we use this stuff to Um, be less judgmental, more compassionate to the people around us. And yeah, that's like a service to the people around us, but mostly it's a service to ourselves. Or at least from my point of view. (laughs) Anytime I stop taking myself so seriously, stop judging myself so much, I automatically give grace to other people. And not only do I believe that they can feel that and that's good for them and that's their birthright to not have my fucking judgment placed on them, but I feel better. Like, I feel better when I'm in a space of being like, I don't know why they're acting like that. I'm glad I'm not in that position. As opposed to me being slightly angry about it, resentful about it, judgmental about it. Like, of course that's going to help me too. And... What helps me helps the people around me, uh, whether it's immediately or as a byproduct of it. So I don't know. That's what I'm talking about today. I um, That is what has been weighing heavy on my mind. And like I said, answering um, questions that people have been asking with kind of one <laughs> fell swoop. And hopefully if you have a question about being hypnotized, you feel like it's not working, Hopefully this answers that question. And if it doesn't answer your question, you can always go to my website, pastlivesandthedivine.com and click on podcast. And then you can click on ask a question. And then you can um, let me know. Like, let me know what you thought. You can let me know um, if you have a question. And then if you want to let me know what you thought, actually, a better way to do it would be to hop on my email list. You can go to pastlivesandthedivine.com slash subscribe. Hop on my email list and then respond to the email that I send you. The question form on my website is anonymous, so that's really good if you um, have a question that you don't necessarily (laughs) want to attach your name to, but you would like my point of view on. 
But if you want like a dialogue between the two of us, then you're going to have to hop on my email list, honey. And I would love to have you on there. And my regular gentle nudge to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for me. <laughs> leave a review for this podcast. Not me. But this podcast, these conversations, if you enjoy them, I would really, really appreciate even if you just click the five stars, it takes like 15 seconds. And if you've already done that or if you've shared a review, I really appreciate that. Um, if you share, oh, you guys, the dryer's done. I'm not going to get it. Uh, <laughs> did you hear my watch dinging at me? I would not ever remember the laundry if I didn't set a timer on my watch. Okay, not that you need to know that, but I'm gonna leave it in there because I do a lot of editing and I don't wanna edit that shit out. Okay, so uh, spread the word. If you like this podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. I get so many people. Okay, so this is uh, like a law of attraction thing maybe, but like I started this podcast because I wanted to have more conversations and the amount of people that email me and say, I'm so thankful for your podcast because I feel like I can't talk to anyone about this, um, just makes me like, makes my heart swell because I know what that feeling is like. And this podcast has been a fix on that level for me. And if it can be a fix for you too, then kudos, man. I would love to have you here with me. <laughs> so welcome. I love having you here. Okay, let's get started. Gather around the fire for my solo conversation with me and your ears. Y'all ready for some rambling? Here we go. Okay, so one of the things that I have been thinking about is, um, I think these thoughts kind of started, I don't know, who knows where anything starts in my brain, but one of the things that sticks out is, I've been listening a lot to uh, the podcast Akashic Reading by Terry Uktana. And I will link that in the show notes so you can like scroll down if you're in Apple Podcasts or click on the more info if you're somewhere else and you can get a link. I highly, highly recommend. And what's so cool, I think I've talked about it before on this podcast, is she does like 15 minute episodes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine me talking about anything for just 15 minutes? Um, but she is incredibly like to the point. Everything's like parsed out. So you can scroll through her episodes and like look at the titles. And um, it's pretty easy to kind of like navigate around. I, I, I like at any time I have so many of her episodes downloaded on my phone. But one of the things she talks about is um, going into the Akashic Records to understand, you know, like the why behind certain people, certain relationships, certain situations. And what I think is so cool about, about just how she delivers that message is this idea of like, okay, I'm coming from a space of like, I've believed in reincarnation. I've been open to it. I grew up Catholic. So like growing up, I never jived with Catholicism um, from the, at least the point of view that I was brought up in. Jesus seemed pretty judgmental. So did God, <laughs> you know, just all these things. Um, I do not feel that way. Now that I've gotten out of that, um, 
religion, but I used to always believe that we reincarnate in order to like learn lessons, evolve as a soul. And while I still believe that's a big part of it, I love that Terry Uctana's podcast, Akashic Reading, introduced me to this other way of thinking about it. And it's like, it's not just about learning lessons. It's about um, embodying things. It's about it's about enjoying the privacy of being in a human body. Because the thought is, is like when we are off of the earth plane, in that space, in that life between lives, then the thought is, is that we, the way we communicate, and then other people think this too, if you're like into aliens and stuff. Um, I think Dolores Cannon talks about this in some of her books that are like extraterrestrial centric. This idea of like, there are some dimensions, realities, planets, realms, where we don't even need our voices to talk. Like we're really just sharing thoughts with everybody. And as you can imagine, if if everybody could hear and feel and understand what is going on in my brain and body, I would have to do a lot of work to like, clean that up, right? Like, first of all, there would be a, <laughs> a lot less internal shit talking. There would be, um, I don't know, shit talking to me, shit talking to other people. I, I would operate differently. But I do think that one of the bonuses, one of the pluses of having um, life on earth is not all about like grinding and learning lessons. It's also about like, you know, feeling like these third dimension pockets of joy, which include like um, chocolate, <laughs> you know, like really good food that you like. Um, I think of like Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, ooh, it'll be sad if I can't partake in some dressing and pecan pie and pumpkin pie, you know. Um, like sex, um, being able to experience like endorphins, what's it like to, you know, physically do something and then reap the rewards, even if the rewards are just like, not just, I mean, like simply confidence. Like, I can't believe I did it. I feel good about it. Um, if it was like a physical task, you might have endorphins because of it. There are so many good things that we can experience on earth. And one of those things too, like I said, is like this privacy inside our own body. And the way there is not like one episode of that podcast, the Akashic Reading, there isn't like one episode that I want to point you to. She as you can imagine, all these topics are like super layered, which is also why I cannot have a 15 minute podcast. But she, the way she does it is like, all of the episodes that I've listened to and all the episodes that I have to go, she kind of weaves in obviously like more of her thoughts, more of her knowledge of digging around in the Akashic Records. And if you're like, what the fuck are the Akashic Records? The idea is, is that the Akashic Records are, it's also like sometimes called the Hall of Knowledge. Um, it's basically the space in the universe that holds all the knowledge that ever was, is, or will be. And to be able to access that information relative to who we are, 
whether we're trying to figure out who we are, trying to figure out how to operate in this life. And then um, we can access that information, right? Trying to get clarity, that sort of thing. Sometimes we, sometimes we can't get the answers because they're not for us right now or figuring out the answer is part of our journey or knowing the answer would distract us from the part of the journey that we're supposed to do right now. So sometimes if we can't get an answer, uh, I want you to know that that's nothing to be, even whether you're digging around in the Akashic Records with Terry, with someone else on your own, and um, or even with me, I guess I bring my clients through the Akashic Records to see a past life. Most clients anyways get some form of visiting the Akashic Records, just depending on the person, but most people do. And uh, yeah, okay, so Terry talks about this idea of like, there are more than lessons to be learned on earth. Sometimes we come to be of service to other people. And sometimes that's just part of our path. Sometimes that's the majority of our path. And after listening to Terry talk and hear her, how she um, has just really shifted my thoughts. Yeah, I guess she was kind of like, her input was like an ingredient in my cauldron of thinking that was like, oh, this makes me feel better, right? Like, I personally don't, I'm at a point in my life where it's like, I don't want to grind. Like I've grinded the majority of my life. I want things to feel a little bit easier. I'm okay with working hard. I'm okay with discomfort. I'm okay with uncomfortable conversations. I'm okay with all of that. But like in general, I don't want to feel like it's a fucking grind. I don't want to feel like if I mess up, then it's like double bad because I messed up with something. And then just in general that I messed up now, it's like I'm set back. And the uh, conversation, another part of this conversation that naturally gets weaved in that I get a lot of questions about is this idea of karma, of like, why can't I get out of this relationship? Or why do I always attract this certain person? Like, what, what kind of karmic loop am I trying to get out of? And first of all, I think that karma is, the way karma is described to me or the way I understand it, I don't think it's as like cut and dried or black and white as we all think, right? Like if if I murdered someone in a past life, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna get murdered in this life. I think that karma really comes in and it's, I don't think that karma is good or karma is bad. I feel like karma just is. It's just like if I do something, something's gonna happen in response to that action. And that's what karma is. And so say I killed someone in a past life, which I don't think, well, I'm sure I have, but I have not experienced a past life in, in which I have. I'm sure we all have. It's not that for every action, there's one opposite reaction action that's going to happen in the name of karma. I just, I just don't believe it. I think that we can... We can undo a lot of this idea of karma, whatever that is, like, oh, I did some bad shit and like, you know, like I can look back on this life and I was kind I was very like lack mindset, huge fucking chip on my shoulder, like in my, the majority of my life, <laughs> like, well, no, that's not true. I'm like 40 now. It's been 15 years since I'm trying to unravel this, but like, 
for a lot of my life. It was just very much like when I was a kid, I would like steal something because I didn't have the money for this candy bar and I was really hungry and I wanted it or whatever. Like, I'm not endorsing that. Um, and I'm not saying I was, that's the only time I stole. Like I was just a kid who, I, I don't know. I don't steal now. Don't judge me. But it was very much back then. Like, I don't think that at 40, feeling remorseful about that and giving back in other ways and trying to help people and and pay it forward when I acknowledge when I'm being helped and um, pay that forward and acknowledge when I've had an easier time and help other people who maybe don't have that easy of a time. All of these things are actions that create reactions. All of these things create what people call as karma. And karma doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It's not like I did this one bad thing and now it's coming back at me. It, it could be I killed someone in a past life, didn't feel remorse, was like middle fingers to the sky, left my body. I could come back and my, um, if, if I were to think, of, I don't think it is like this, but if I were to think of like a karmic repayment or kind of like that pendulum swinging in the other direction, doesn't necessarily mean that I need to die. I could save a life. I could um, put like positive influence, you know, fill other people's cups in a way that helps them feel better, helps them feel less murderous, helps them feel less like they're dying. There are so many ways. And I think that this idea of karma and like, oh, I did this bad thing and now it's coming back to me or like, what did I do in a past life to deserve this right now? And I just don't think that it is that like, um, you know, this or that. I think that this is a way that humans take it. They take it way too fucking serious. We take it way too far, way too extreme. And instead it's just like in this moment, how am I operating? How am I feeling? How am I feeling about life in general? How am I feeling about myself? How am I feeling about myself in this life? How am I feeling about how I operate? How I operated in the past? How I'm currently operating right now? Like all of these things make such a big difference. And um, something that I think, uh, I hesitate to say this just because, you know, I'm culturally programmed to be, um, to not say things like this, but I am really fucking good, I believe, at leading past life regressions and facilitating those sessions. And one of the reasons I think is because, um, well, there are many reasons, but one of the reasons that I'm going to take here is because I believe, and it's my experience and my understanding that it's not about like the story, like, Ooh, you were Joan of Arc. Ooh, kudos. You did something good. Now this life is going to be easy. I, I don't, life is so much more than our really high points and our really low points. And actually life is more about that, like mundane middle shit, like, how are you operating in the mundane? How are we operating today? Am I honoring myself by taking a break when I fucking need it? Am I honoring myself by um, not beating myself up, not shit talking in my mind? Like 
that used to be a huge thing for me. I mean, I, my earliest memories of shit talking in my brain to myself, my earliest memory of doing that, I think I was like four or five. And it's like, oh my God, I look, I have a niece who's four. And it's like, oh my God, it would, it would make me so sad if she thought anything but like the best of herself. And so I can look back on that and see how, how that negative chatter in my mind, how I thought that it was like motivating me and pushing me further. But I can see now that I like love and accept myself and have more compassion for other people. I can do more of that work being filled with like love and joy and lightness as opposed to resentment, anger, seriousness, heaviness. How am I doing? I'm grading myself in this reaction. And instead trusting myself, like I'm going to show up and I'm going to do the best that I can. And having that be enough. It seems so small, but that internal landscape can completely change, you know, from positive to negative, somewhere in between. And when it does, like oftentimes our lives feel like they completely change. Even if it's just simply like the mindset that changes and everything else stays the same, that can be incredibly healing, incredibly freeing. Okay, so <laughs> I feel like I got off on topic there, but one of the reasons why I'm so good at facilitating or what makes I feel like a good past life regression session is not just the story or what's happening in this particular scene or the overall story of that life. What's really important and something that I like to drill down to once the client is like um, more able to do this is like digging in. Like the first few questions of a past life scene when I have a client and they're in a hypnotic trance, I, as I've said before, ask a ton of questions like, are you inside or outside? Is it day or night? What gender are you? Are you alone? Are you with people? Who are you with? What are you doing? Are you walking, sitting, standing? Like I ask all of these very um, tangible physical things. And what that does in the brain is, is essentially the thought is, is that it's like firing up the memory banks and um, taking like low risk, low hanging fruit essentially in our memory banks and bringing that forward. And just the cool thing about our brains and our bodies is that the way we're put together is our body is always trying to be in homeostasis, which just means it's always trying to make things easier, more automatic. So it just takes less to run this earth suit. And the same is true. That principle applies to going into your subconscious mind and accessing these memories, accessing this knowledge from other lives, life between lives, knowledge from your spirit guides, your higher self, your dead grandpa, whoever. Like that's what that's about. So as a facilitator, I ask a lot of questions like that. And as soon as I see, or I can kind of feel like the person is starting to more easily get the answers. This can come with like a louder voice. This can come with 
a louder voice for the client like responding this can come with more details this can come with the client sharing details unprompted all of these things uh, lead me as a facilitator to believe um, they're ready to go even deeper right so then I turn uh, the questioning to what's going on on the inside because I only know as the facilitator and especially with this podcast and doing online sessions which as far as I know I'm going to be doing them forever so um, but I have had the pleasure of working with so many people where literally the only contact that we've ever had was the form they filled out and then our you know 15 minute conversation about the form they filled out their intention their questions and we go into the situation right so i don't know these people personally and so for me it helps as the facilitator of the session to hold their intention like close to my heart close to my brain and then as we move through the scenes to ask questions about the internal landscape so um something that you know what's so weird i always really <laughs> i don't know what this is but i always remember client stories that revolve around a barn isn't that weird like those are the stories <laughs> that stick out in my head like i've had a client who got married i think in a in a different life on their farm and like their cow was there and in this life that cow is their cat or something like that um a client whose past life man i don't remember what happened before or after this scene but of course i remember the fucking barn scene so clear and this client in this past life was a woman and she was waiting in the barn to go like grab her daughter in the middle of the night because her husband like had tried to kill her and he thought she was dead and she i mean this shit we can't make this shit up right i mean some people can but that's how I know it's real because when I come out of it, I'm like, I could have never made up that story. And um, anyway, so I think it was a pretty recent client, I think. But she was like, I think in a barn or somewhere on their land and they were having like a gathering, right? And it was like dancing and, and it was a celebration of some sort. So if I personally made assumptions about this person i would assume you're at this party you want to be at this party you enjoy this party right like especially if i'm someone where that would be mine but my job as a facilitator is to like make zero assumptions and ask all the questions so in that space instead of just asking this client about what's going on around them and how do people feel which i definitely do what's your connection to these people does anyone stick out is anyone familiar all of the questions um i also ask like and how are you feeling here is this a place you want to be do you wish you were somewhere else do you wish you were with someone else how do you feel in this space and it was in that space that she felt like um Oh, now it's coming back to me. I think in this past life, this client, I should just have these clients on the show, but I'm doing the best I can. Okay. But in the, um, she was, I believe this was the same thing, but there was something in this past life that she always wanted. And I think if I remember correctly, it was kids. And that tainted everything in her life. 
for whatever reason, we never got to the bottom of it, probably because it didn't wasn't didn't matter. There was so many um, other things to kind of get out of it. The point, I think, of this past life regression, I guess I could look in my notes, was like um, not focusing on what you don't have and instead focus on what you have, what's in front of you, what is good about this. Um, and not in like a toxic positivity kind of way, like, buck up, no bad feelings here. Oh, you don't mean that. Don't feel that way. But instead being like, oh, this is why I'm not enjoying this because I wish my life was different. And you can see how that taints everything. So just to switch that internal landscape would be all the difference. Like, We've all probably been at a gathering or a party or school or work, a function where we were expected to go, people are having a good time, and we are not. We, we've probably all been in that situation. And we can feel the difference. Like, that difference is life-changing. That difference is a complete 180. Like, enjoying a party or just being mad about, like, or, or like, Alex always makes fun of me because I always have this thing where I'm like, I just thought it would be better. <laughs> like um, when we moved to this neighborhood and we were, it was the winter, we'd always walk by this, these people's house who's like, I don't know, half mile away or something. And I was like, oh my God, their lawn is like their whole yard. It's a corner lot and it's like all flowers, right? Or it looked like it'd be all flowers. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, this is going to be so pretty in the summer. I can't wait to walk by. And we walked by and it was, it's beautiful, right? It's nature. They have this amazing oak tree. Y'all know I love my oak trees. I love all trees, but just this amazing oak tree in the middle of it all. That's just like gnarly and not a fucking straight line on it. I just love the way it looks. And in the summer, it's very beautiful, but I thought it would be like this, like, you know, fucking just this Garden of Eden that I would walk by every day. And still, when Alex and I walk by it, we laugh because last summer, um, I was like, I just thought their yard would be more spectacular. And he was like, why? Why is that even a thought? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just built it up, right? Like... And that's something that I struggle with in this life is like, oh, I thought this would be better. You know, like I have this internal landscape that's so rich and beautiful and imaginative that sometimes life on earth is just like, oh, I thought this would be better. And so um, instead of getting twisted about that, like I know that's a natural tendency in me and something that Alex uh, is, he's like a healing balm with his humor is like even, you know, six or eight months later after the summer, when I said that about these people and their yard is beautiful, it's, it's beautiful. Um, but whenever we walk by, he's like, I just thought this would be more spectacular. <laughs> and we just laugh because it's like, it is spectacular. Their whole fucking yard's a garden. And I was like, oh, I thought it'd be more colorful. Anyway, um, another tangent. But uh, so my point to all of this is like our internal landscape, our expectations for the future, our thoughts and, you know, how we, you know, sum up our history and how we feel in our body today. It's like all of that creates our life the fabric of it, the themes of it, 
whether we're enjoying it or not, whether we feel like it's good or not. Um, this book that I'm reading called, let me pull it up. It's called Sex at Dawn. It's about like, um, I don't know, human history, monogamy, marriage. What does this mean? How do humans operate, right? Uh, I, I am just interested in that thing. The amount of communication that goes on between people in ethical, consensual, non-monogamous relationships is, is mind-blowing to me. And if you're someone who loves to like swim around in your brain and learn about how other people do things, whether you want to do them or not, um, going down the non-monogamy hole is, is actually pretty interesting. Um, and I mean, could be incredibly interest, uh, triggering if, if that is, I don't know, I guess part of your story. For me, it's not. And so I like to dig into it. Anyway, one of the things that they had mentioned in there was, I don't know if it was a quote or what, because I listen to these audiobooks like as I'm doing things. So I don't, sometimes I, I miss it or I don't get it exactly. So, but anyways, I get it. But one of the things that um, one of the authors was talking about was like these, um, I don't know, prehistoric cultures and what they've found. And, and, one of the things that remained true, like year, you know, all the while humans has have existed is like the real rich richness, the real wealth is like contentment with your life. And we often become more content with our lives, the more simple we make it. But we live in a culture that tells us we need to buy things, be things, do things, compete with people, um, improve, 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 be perfect, all of these things. And with that comes striving and consuming and accumulation of all of these things that we think are going to make us happy. And they don't. I mean, they can if we let it. But that again is all internal landscape. If I get um, clothes or packages delivered from online shopping every single day, um, if my hit of joy comes from opening a box, it's not long-term. But if I'm content and I need things and these boxes that show up, you know, from wherever, online shopping now more than ever during the pandemic, um, if that just gives me a boost during the day, that's fine. And like getting packages delivered isn't good or bad. It just is. It's how I feel in my life. Okay. So hopefully after talking for fucking 30 minutes about this thing of karma and how karma is not just like this one big event in your life and now you have to repay it. It's every moment of every day. Also, don't use that as a weapon against yourself or myself. And instead, think of it as like a reason to be light with yourself, a reason to give yourself a break. It's like, I am a good person. I have so many opportunities to do good in this world. And I take most of them. But sometimes I need a fucking break, you know? And being able to give yourself that, or if you fuck up and do something wrong, not living in the terror of what's this karma going to be like? 
or not living in the terror of what the fuck did I do in a past life to deserve this shit. I just don't think that it's that isolated, right? Like I think karma and reactions, I think it just is. It's not good or bad. And we have a chance every moment of every day, every thought we think, every word that flies out of our mouths, we have a chance to make our world more compassionate, more loving, to honor ourselves, to honor the people around us. And when I say honor, the honoring I'm talking about is I see who you are and I am responding accordingly based on who I am. It's not, I'm honoring you, you want this, I don't, so I'm doing this for you. You know, or I honor you, you abuse me, and I still show up because that's what I should do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the honoring of like, even if you're someone who has a two-year-old who throws tantrums, I am honoring the fact that you are two, trying to figure out your fucking emotions and having a tantrum. I'm an adult, I have tantrums in other ways. <laughs> like, I honor you. Like, you can't be abusive. We maybe have family rules that you need to follow or ways of communicating. But like, knowing that every situation is more than just the actions that are happening, and it's all about that internal landscape. That's what I think. I just, I don't believe in this like good, bad karma. Uh, for every action, there's a reaction, like not in a punishing way. I think oftentimes it's a lot more subtle, uh, these, this karma. It's a lot more subtle and it's a lot quicker than we actually think if, if we are thinking in terms of karma. So that is what I want to say about karma. I've been getting not necessarily questions about karma, but people will ask a question or email me about something and they'll like drop a line in about karma. Is this karma? What did I do? How do I figure out this karma? And, um, you know, I, that is my understanding of karma. And you can take it or leave it. I take that because it's easier for me to live with. And honestly, it pushes me down a more compassionate path. I think that we waste a lot of energy when it comes to karma, thinking about the backlash of things that we did in the past. And a lot of times it's like things we're remorseful about anyways. And I think if we can really get to the heart of it and feel remorse for what we did while honoring ourselves, like I can feel remorse and not hate myself. I can feel remorse and think I'm a good person. That's the balance of like creating a life that seems less uh, karma punishment-y. <laughs> Punishment-y. Um, yeah, so that is my thoughts on karma. Take it or leave it. If you feel something totally different, um, let me know. I also... I'm not from the lineage in which karma originates, so there's a very good chance that this white woman in the Midwest has got it all fucking wrong. But when I think of karma in the sense that it's taught to us on like a greater level, and then just when I bring it down into the work that I do, that's what I see. And that's kind of my fix and point of view. And as always, if it doesn't jive with you, I don't know how you made it this far into this podcast. 
Oh, God. Oh, you have an open mind. Okay, thank you. Okay, so uh, to live more of this, like, this kind of, um, this idea of karma and thinking it relates to, like, these big, huge things in our life and we have to pay it back when it really it's like the subtle everyday things. Reaction, action, reaction, action. And this idea of, like, um remorse, letting go of resentment and judgment. I think all of that is key in releasing any sort of uncomfortable karma, uncomfortable lesson learning. Um, not that life on earth is all about these lessons. I think it's just one of the many reasons why we come in. We come in to support and serve other people, support and serve ourselves. We come in for many, many reasons and lessons. Learning lessons is just one of them. We evolve in many different ways and learning lessons is just one of the ways that we can evolve. So with that, I've been thinking about like with the karma and the internal landscape and just how our lives can... Um, switch in our mind from like a hard life to a good life just simply by switching our perspective having new experiences and one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot of like sitting in the soup of this idea of like we can evolve without drama or trauma if we are willing to see the swing in our own life and when I say the swing I mean like um the swings that we experience on a greater level when we do a past life regression, like if I go and experience a different life of mine that's totally different than mine right now and it gives me this sense of understanding that um, relieves any judgment or resentment or hurt feelings that aren't mine to have, that knowledge is really important and it's the sense of like walking a mile in someone else's shoes. And not in a logical, oh, I can see how that would work kind of way, but like, a, oh, I'm having all the physical sensations or some physical sensations. I'm experiencing emotion. You feel like you're in that life when you're in a past life regression. That's the, that's a big point of it is like experiencing a completely different life that then illuminates things in your own life illuminates them so you can use them, illuminates them so you can release them, illuminates them so you can use them differently so your life feels better. That is the point of it. I mean, among many other reasons why you can use it, but essentially it's about gaining a different perspective in a way that doesn't come from your logic and your mind. So one of the things uh, who... I haven't been to him in a while, like a year and a half maybe, but um, as you all know, Eric Christopher is someone who I went to for past life regression for many years before I was ever certified to or trained to facilitate the sessions. And one of the things that he says that I think is is a really great descriptor, he he talks a lot about like, he also is a like a therapist, like a marriage and family therapist. So, um, he's kind of coming at it from a, a different angle slightly than I am, but not really. 
Um, but the way he describes it is like a good time to use hypnosis in general is when we can logically get something, right? Like say there's someone who just triggers us or a situation that just triggers us and we just don't want to have this reaction to it anymore. And Eric will, the way he describes this is like, we can get things logically, but until they like come down and settle into our hearts and in our bodies, it doesn't make sense on a level where we can like release those feelings. So I've given the example before about like, clients who come in and maybe they had a parent who like abandoned the family and they're trying to reconcile with it whether that parent is back in their life or not and a lot of times what will happen is they will see a past life in which they were the ones who were doing the abandoning now we could think this is my karma that's why that that's why my dad abandoned me my dad didn't abandon me but like uh we could think that and we, to me, that's like kind of a victim mindset. Or we could go into this past life and think, oh, that's what this person was feeling. What if that's what, you know, like if I go into a past life where I'm the one doing the harm, the abandoning, and I experience the heartbreak on my end and the difficult decision and why I made that decision and how I believed I was making a decision that was good for everybody, then I can come back into this life and go, maybe that's what they were thinking. Sometimes we just need a different point of view to like jar us loose from this emotional reaction that we continue to have. And it's like, I don't know, is that karma? Is that a karmic loop? Is that a way to get out of it? So all of the reasons why I love past life regression. But what's so cool is like I've been noticing all the different ways, you know, sometimes we'll hear people say, um, oh, in a past, and I've even said this, in a past life, I was a wellness coach. And it's like not a past life, I guess, because it's this life, but it is a little bit of a past life. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not interested in that work anymore. I don't believe in that work anymore. Like all of that stuff is like, okay, well, what can I learn from that? Like, I went from, like, going fucking hard for, like, health and wellness and you should want to be healthy and wellness and thinking that was the top of the life pyramid, right? Looking healthy, being healthy. Isn't this what we're all striving for? And now on the flip side of that, you know, however many years later outside of my wellness career, um, besides the fact that I burned it down, um... Oh, you guys, Tula thinks she hears something. You're good, sweetie. Um, but I can look at that and be like, wow, in many ways, I'm completely opposite. Like, I um, am not, like I've talked about before, like I'm not a vegan like I used to be. I'm not, like I have completely changed in some parts of my life and sometimes when I'm doing something or eating something or saying something I'll say to Alex wow if old Gina could see me now she'd have so many judgments <laughs> and we just laugh about it but how often do we feel like or do I feel like in order for me to gain a new perspective I need to go see a past life or a different life and in reality 
yes, that's very effective for me. Yes, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I thoroughly enjoy it. Clearly, I'm on episode 41 of my podcast talking all about this. But doing a past life regression, I need to have someone else there with me. I cannot do hypnosis to my own voice. If I were to do a past life regression, it takes hours. I need another person. Um, I can pretty much, I love to give myself the grace of not having shit to do the rest of the day. So if I want to just like piddle around and have thoughts, go on a walk, do a workout, color, um, or if I'm feeling inspired, I can do work. But I like to have the opportunity to just like clear the schedule at the end of the day. Um, or do it at a time when I have hours afterwards to kind of come down, integrate. That's just, you don't need that. That's my personal preference. Doesn't always happen that way. But regardless, it takes a lot. So as I'm out walking, as I'm, um, I haven't really been meditating much in like the typical sense of like sit down, close your eyes and meditate. But I do a lot of introspection. I do a lot of reflection. Um, just you know, being with my thoughts, tapping into my intuition, all of that stuff, right? But what could I do on a daily basis? What, how could I take this learning? Not that I always have to be learning lessons or whatever, but like in my own life, I am the fucking opposite of, I, of the way I used to be in many ways. So old habits within me would have been like, shameful, ooh, I regret that, oh, I shouldn't have said that, oh, why did I think that was true? And instead, honor who I was back then, someone who was doing their best, someone who believed that they were helping people, people said that I was helping them, you know, like there's all these good things within it. Even though I can see that I'm different and I have different beliefs now as like, someone who facilitates past life regression and dabbles in like talking to spirit guides and hypnosis and intuition boosting and all the shit we do here at Past Lives and the Divine. And I'm saying we like me and you. It's just me over here doing a, doing the behind the scenes stuff. But I consider this like a group project, right? Like this would be meaningless if you weren't listening to it. So I appreciate it. But my point is, is like I can look back at these different ways that I was and be like, I am the opposite. And instead of feeling like shame about things I used to say or anything like that, instead, could I honor who I was and honor who I am now and be like, wow, I like myself even more now. And that's a win. And in that, I don't have to villainize everybody, for example, who's still in the wellness industry. I don't have to villainize them. I don't have to assume that they have ill intentions. I don't have to assume anything because I can look back on my own experience, see I felt like I was doing the best I could. I was following my intuition um, or I felt like that at the time. I have grown and changed where I feel like totally opposite from that person. And so it's kind of like in the sense of like, that's almost like a different life. I feel like a different person on many levels. On some levels, of course, I'm still the same person, but on many levels, I feel different. So how can I use that? How can I use that to learn about myself? And how can I use that to give other people compassion 
and give them grace when they're fucking up or when they're trying to do the best they can. Um, even if it's hurtful to me, say someone's trying to do the best they can based on the role they feel like they're fulfilling and it's hurting me or harming me or taking away from me, I, I don't have to trash them. I can just say this isn't working for me and I'm leaving. And we don't do that. We don't do that on earth. We, or I don't know. We don't do that in this culture where I live in the United States. Everything is like, it's almost like if you don't have the same viewpoint as me, fuck off. <laughs> I don't understand you. If you have a different life than me, something must be wrong. If you don't want to hang out with me, you must be mad at me. And instead, like if we can just go, this is the situation. I can see maybe why you might be operating that way. Maybe I can't see why you're operating that way, but I don't have to. This is another thing too that I've been sitting in the soup about is like, I used to always believe, what's the reason this is happening? What can I learn from this? And I've gotten so comfortable and so far down that path that I like just believe that there is a reason. And I just believe that I will be able to use this in the future. Self-knowledge, use this strength that I'm gaining, use this sharpening by, you know, whatever, this polishing, this all this time alone in pandemic. Like, how can I use this to become more of like who I wanna be? And I wanna be light and I wanna be fun and I wanna love myself so much that if someone doesn't love me, it's the same as if someone's like, I don't like chocolate. Like, cool, more for me. <laughs> like, you don't want my chocolate? Great, I do. And I love to share. And I love to share with people who want to share. So if you want some of my chocolate, I'm glad you're still here an hour into this podcast. Oh, you guys, everybody just got home. The big dogs just got home from their walk. I don't know if you can hear them. Tula's celebrating. She's so happy she didn't have to go on the walk. I'm not gonna cut any of this out. <laughs> I don't care. Um, okay. And I just think it's so cool when I can hear Lil in my past life regression recordings now that she's not on Earth. So I'll probably really like these little puppy sounds someday in the future, maybe. If like Apple Podcasts doesn't blow up. Okay, anyways, that's a fucking way out there tangent. All right, so that's what I've been thinking about this idea of like um, seeing when we swing in life like almost like from one life to another in the same life like when we become different completely opposite or even just a little bit different if we pause in that and give ourselves some like grace and lightness and this pressure to not always be perfect and this knowing that I won't always be perfect and that's actually the fucking point um, and that being perfect and striving for perfection is really about like fear, fear of not being enough, fear of not con being able to control, not being able to predict. It's all of that, that idea too, that happiness comes with um, being comfortable in the unknown. It's like all this gripping, all this controlling, controlling ourselves, controlling other people. Why are they acting like that? It's like, who cares? Just move on. Are they hurting you? put up a boundary, move on. Um, 
and I know sometimes it's not that cut and dried and I'm not talking about like abusive relationships and just putting up with it or turning a blind eye to an abusive relationship. But what I'm talking about is our own life. When we make judgments on people we don't know and those judgments maybe build resentment in us or anger within us or this thought of like, why can you do that and I can't? Like this comparison and, and what that means to us. And at the end of the day, it's just about our perspective on our own life and knowing that our perspective is not the right capital R perspective. It's exactly that. It's our perspective. It's my perspective based on where I've been, who I've been, who I think I am now, who I think I want to be, all the things I got going on, that is not everyone else's perspective. I'm actually the only person with my perspective. And so if, if this, I guess I'm bringing this up in the sense of like, if karma is not necessarily good or bad or um, about like the one big thing in your life and instead it's about kind of like the day-to-day, -day, the minute-by-minute -minute reactions and um, emotions and thoughts about our lives that actually make up the fabric of our life and like how good it feels. But then... Within that, we get even more of an opportunity to understand life, to understand our life, if we can see other lives in this life. Like when I used to be sober, now I smoke a little pot every once in a while and everything's good and it helps keep me light. I used to be a vegan and now I feel better when I eat meat every once in a while. But I can look back at myself in those other extremes and have love and compassion and to be like, I thought I was doing the best I could. I thought that this, and it was serving me. All of those things that I used to do, that I used to be, served me on some level. But now, today, I can see that I'm different. And with that, I take the confidence, I take the lessons I've learned, and I embody them in who I am and how I operate and how I think. And I question everything, change things as needed. But all of that becomes easier. It becomes easier for me to have compassion for other people, to release judgment, to release trying to control other people. When I can see the times in my life where I was the opposite of where I am now. So I guess that is like just another way to observe ourselves um, another way to like observe ourselves, notice where we can be more accepting of ourselves. And um, in return, it's going to be more automatic to do that to other people. Like, it, and I mean, I just think this world could only get better if we all did that. If we all had compassion for ourselves, if we all had non-judgment and knowing that we're doing the best we can and if we looked at other people like they were doing the best we can they can and knowing that they're doing the best they can with what they have what they know where they've been where they think they're going and to just leave it at that and if if you feel like you could help them say hey i feel like i could help hey do you want my advice and if they say yes cool give it to them and if they say no cool Kudos to you for putting up that boundary. I'm That makes me happy when people do that. Um, when they know themselves and they can compassionately say, no, 
and they know that I am not going to take offense to it, right? And we can, the more we say no, and the more we honor ourselves and cherish ourselves, if that results in a no to someone, we know that when the tables are turned, that they're just taking care of themselves, and it's not a reflection on who we are. If they don't want to do what we want them to do, or um, if they don't want to get together and do an activity or whatever. Um, I realize like when you have small children, you need to control them. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about, even though I'm sure in that is um, a whole catalog of things where we can see, oh, I used to do this and now I do this. Oh, they used to do that and now they do this. And I, a lot of this like kind of dovetails together with like the karma, noticing where we swing from opposites in life and just acknowledging that change and acknowledging that um, we grow and change and other people grow and change. And there are ways that I've grown and change and I'm totally different. And there's something snarky that I say when I'm like, if you know me from the fucking nineties, you don't know me. But then people in the 90s who knew me, if they heard me say that, just like that, they'd be like, bitch, I know you, you're the same. <laughs> but I am different. Like, my internal landscape is totally different. Um, but I, th I think um, when we become offended by other people, when someone says no, when someone says I don't want to do that, or when someone says, you know what, I don't really have time for this relationship anymore. I feel like I've outgrown this connection. We can have grief and sorrow and want other things in our life, but at the end of the day, to know, like, everyone grows and changes. Everything is probably a phase. Be light, love who we are, and in that is gonna be, like, compassion for ourselves, more acceptance of ourselves. And in that compassion and in that acceptance is a doorway to question more things without feeling like, you're judging yourself or you're you have to have carry regrets now and it's like we can all grow and change and it's a beautiful thing and I personally believe that if humans are supported and loved that we are all doing the best we can and even just I used to think people were not doing the best they could I used to think people were trying to game the system take advantage of me all of that and you could say, maybe that's how I was operating. So I assumed everyone else was operating that way. And now that I operate differently out of compassion, expecting people, I expect that adults know what's best for them. If I have a good friend who's like, hey, I'm gonna pick up and move across the country. I will say, I don't want you to move, but if that's gonna make you happy, I'd love to hear more about it. I don't have to be mad at this person. I don't have to try to talk them out of it because from my viewpoint, it's not going to be a good fit for them. I can express concerns, but do it in a way that's compassionate and not where I'm dumping on them. You see where I'm going? Like all of this stuff is so related. And in a country today that's so fucking divided and, you know, I myself am like working on having more compassion for people who are on the other side of the political spectrum or the other side of um, social, social justice issues of just like not understanding them. That's something that I'm working on, right? Like I'm very human, I still have those judgments. But the more I see this swing in my own life from doing one thing, being one thing, thinking one thing to now today I wake up and I'm like, actually I'm completely different. I don't have those views anymore. 
And actually, my views are totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. If I pause there and have compassion for myself, there's so much learning. And there's so much that I can take in terms of my perspective on the world and my place in the world and how I've been operating, how other people operate, my reactions to how other people operate. It all goes together. So notice like that swing in your life. And it's not only, I mean, I've been thinking about this swing of evolution for a while, um, but it's not only waking up and being like, hey, I am a lot different than I used to be. And how can I apply this to my thoughts on life and other people? Giving them the grace to grow and change, listening to them, understanding their thoughts, and then having that ability come natural because we're already doing it to ourselves. The swing is not only important for that reason, like seeing how I used to be completely different than how I am today, but the swing is also important because it's like, what happened during that swing? What made me change from someone who believed health and wellness was so important to someone who believes like, yeah, I mean, if that's important to you, then it's important to you, but it's not important, period. Like a lot of health and wellness people think. And um, so my, my other thoughts are like, and what happened to change the direction of my thinking? Like I have been thinking about this because I went from someone who socially acceptably drank all the time, or not all the time, but like I drank a lot, but it was all very socially acceptable, but overindulgence on alcohol is socially accepted in the United States. And it's not about labeling yourself addicted or not a problem or not. And it's about being like, is this a fucking problem for me? Do I think I could operate better in different ways? I'm gonna take that route. And so going from someone who drank to not drank, to not, to being someone who is sober, totally sober, no substances, was very beneficial. I learned a ton um, and it was really just this sense of like, I'm open to it. I'm learning, I'm trying. And in that, I think I stopped drinking in 2013, I think. Um, and now it's 2021, I smoke pot every once in a while. You know, it's, there's a whole beautiful story in that evolution. There's a whole beautiful story in the evolution of me going fucking hard for health and wellness to me being like, I mean, I care, but I don't. <laughs> like. I want to be healthy, but it doesn't matter to me if like I'm working with someone who doesn't see the value in it. That's a valid option too, because guess what? Everyone who is an adult can do life the way they want. And then other people can decide if they want to participate. That's, that's kind of how I feel. And that to me right now, that mindset gives me a ton of freedom. And you know, what's so cool is like, I'm opening I'm open to change. I could be doing this podcast in 10 years and be like, I don't have that mindset anymore because of these limitations I felt like it was giving me and now I've changed. And it's like this, these beautiful lessons that we can get from a past life regression that we can get from our life today by just simply thinking about it, understanding where we came from and how we got here. 
and where we want to go and how we're going to get there. And then when we get there, turning around and being like, how did that go? How did I get here? Was it different? Probably. Was it, you know, more exciting, less exciting? Would I do things differently being on this side, hindsight's 2020, all that business? So that's the, um, <laughs> that's the swing I've been thinking about. And uh, I don't, I'm still very much in the soup thinking about that. So let me know what you think about it. And um, just a gentle nudge to be like, notice how you have swung from opposites in your life. And is there any compassion for other people and compassion for yourself that you can harvest out of that? I guess that's the big, that's the big thing. Okay. So the other thing that people uh, have been emailing about, asking questions about, or it's kind of like the context of our conversation, is the idea of like, am I doing hypnosis right slash how do I get better at this? And I've talked about this before in other episodes. So like I mentioned earlier in this episode, it's like our body has has this ability, our, it's really our nerve pathways and our brains have this ability and it's called neuroplasticity. And it's our ability to build new nerve pathways or st strengthen already established nerve pathways for ways of being, thinking, moving, emoting, perspective, all of that. And it really is tied in with this essence of, like I said before, homeostasis. It's like our body is always trying to make things easier. Like, you've never run a mile before. This is going to be very fucking difficult. You've run a mile once a day, every day for the last hundred days. It's easier because your body adjusts to what it gets. It's always trying to make things easier. So the same is true with hypnosis. In hypnosis, we're getting into a deeply deep... This is at its essence what it is. We're getting into a deeply relaxed state... It's in that brainwave state that our conscious mind is like, I kind of feel like we've gone so deep in our relaxation, in our awareness within ourselves. And our conscious mind is kind of this buoy that just floats on the top of, of the water. And so even though that conscious mind is still there, it's still there observing, it's a little more removed and we can't hear everything that it's saying right? Because we're down in the depths with our subconscious mind. And it's in that subconscious mind that holds every memory of everything that's ever happened to us in this life, other lives, lives between lives, lives on other planets, however you see it. And it's in this relaxed state that we're able to really focus and begin to harvest this information from our subconscious mind. Whatever information you're looking for, past life stuff, um, childhood stuff, in utero stuff, whatever you, life between life stuff, all of it. So we are able to do that. But the more you do that, the more you relax, go deep into that subconscious mind, quiet that conscious mind, go into that subconscious mind and access memories, the more you do it, the easier it gets. That's it. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And I've said this a lot where it's like, that doesn't necessarily mean like every time I personally do a past life regression, it's like mind blowing, beautiful, wonderful, life changing. But 
every time I do it, the trend is I get more information, more information comes, it's easier to get that information, it's easier to go into hypnosis. Again, I'm doing it, so my brain and my body are like, oh, this is something we do a lot now. Okay, we're, uh, making, we're making these connections, we're gonna make this easier for next time, because I see that we're doing this again, and we're doing this again, and we're doing it again. So, um, a lot of times people will download the free at-home past life journey and they will say um, something to the effect of like, oh, it didn't really work. I didn't feel like I was hip hypnotized. Uh, I didn't go anywhere. Or one of my favorites, well, people don't say that. This is what they say. I didn't feel hypnotized. I feel like I didn't go anywhere. All I saw was, you know, a man standing in a bar. I felt like I was standing on a mountain. I could only see colors around me. And it's like, you are going somewhere and experiencing something. If you won't let your conscious mind detach and stop talking you out of this, then it will always seem made up and you will only go so far because your conscious mind is gonna be like, nope, this is stupid, this is dumb. So I'm not saying if you're someone who feels like they can't get hypnotized, you can't do it alone on your own or alone in a group setting like on Zoom or something like that. What I'm saying is continue to do it. And instead of giving into the, yeah, I'm making this up. This is stupid. Or, oh, I'm not going anywhere. Instead, really lean into it and think of it as like an exercise in your imagination. When I'm working with a client, and I can tell that their conscious mind is coming in and doubting. Uh, there's certain words that people will use. There's certain ways that they'll present an answer to a question where I can get the sense if their conscious mind is kind of like peeking in and disrupting the process. And as a facilitator, I'm, I'm trained to understand that. And I'm trained to get people away from that, get them to... Um, detach a little more from their conscious mind, make the situation lighter, essentially. A lot of times I'll be like, just humor me. If you were in the color purple and you walked forward, you're gonna hit a staircase and just say, okay, when you hit that staircase, right? And then they'll go, okay, okay, we're gonna go up that staircase, right? And now I can use hypnotic techniques to continue to get them deeper into relaxation so they can actually that not deeper into relaxation so they can actually access the memories, but deeper into relaxation so when they access the memories, they actually believe them, even if they just believe them long enough to get more details on the scene. That's really what it is. And hypnosis, your conscious mind is still there. It's still aware. So you will not feel like a zombie in trance. You're not going to feel like you're sleeping in trance unless you fall asleep. And just because you don't feel like you're in some sort of wild hypnotic trance, that doesn't mean what you're experiencing or sensing is made up. It doesn't mean that. Most people, and I've talked about this at length, I always feel like I'm making it up. But after being in, you know, 30 plus times as the client, I see this thought come in and it's easily dismissed because it's been dismissed so many times. 
And as soon as we figure that out, and as soon as we even acknowledge a little glimpse of our power of eking out the words of our conscious mind of, this isn't working, you're not in it. And instead being like, I'm going to play with everything that comes in my mind. You know, pushing through that idea that it's all made up, uh, even if it is just for the span of the time that you're in trance, we're programmed from, we're programmed, we're told uh, verbally and non-verbally from a really young age to believe that imagination is complete nonsense. And unless you can make money off of the idea, it's completely useless. And instead, I say acknowledge that programming, that programming is there, whether you think it is or not. That is programming. Imagination is not complete nonsense. Imagination is actually directly tied to your intuition. It's directly tied to every single invention that's ever been invented. Imagination is not nonsense. So ride that wave, like keep imagining. As the story unfolds, as the scenes come in, just engage with any details that you get. And the more details you engage with, the more you're going to get. And when I say engage, I mean, say you're at home listening to the at-home journey and you know I don't remember what the induction is on that at-home journey, but like say, um, say I ask you the question, are you inside or outside? And you're like, uh, I don't know. Then I would say pause and take the first thing that comes in. Do you feel like you're outside? Did the word outside come in your mind? Do you feel like you're standing in trees? Do you feel like you're sitting at a table? Maybe you're inside. There are so many ways to get this information. And part of hypnosis and starting this journey of um, gaining information while we're in that hypnotic trance, part of that is you figuring out how does my intuition come in? How do I engage with it? How do I understand it? Like a lot of times when people talk about past life regression or hypnosis or life between lives, a lot of times they'll talk about see. I saw that I was a, you know, warrior. I saw that I was on a ship. And I I remember being like, I don't, I don't see anything. <laughs> not really seeing anything. Um, But what I've noticed is like when I'm in trance, when someone asks a question, and this is unique to me and I'm sharing it, not because I think you're probably the same, but because I want you to go, oh, that's your experience. My experience is kind of like that, but it's like this too. Or my experience is totally different. When What I think is so cool from my point of view is like I get a front row seat to how people's intuition comes into their brain. And um, I like to ask clients about it like after we do the trance and we come out, we're back in the present moment. And I like to ask like how was that different than you thought it would be? And a lot of people say, a lot of people are visual. So they'll be like, yeah, I saw it. It was actually how I thought it would be. And a lot of people are also, you know, everyone's different, but a lot of people are like me where it's like, I thought I was going to like see these things, but it was more a feeling or a knowing. And then I maybe saw things. So like if someone asked me, um, do you, what gender are you? Say I'm in a, a client, I'm in hypnotic trance, I'm in a past life scene. 
what gender am I? Sometimes that'll come in as like a, oh, I can look down now. Oh, I can look down and see like I'm wearing an old-timey dress. So I think I'm a woman. Uh, or one time I, oh, this was just in the past life regression. I think I brought it up where it was like, I don't know. I can't get a sense. I feel like I'm both. I've, or not both, not that gender is binary, but like I felt like if the options are man or woman, I felt like I was both. And actually what I found out later, I think I covered this, is like I felt like I was both in that scene because I was a like a, a five, six, seven, eight-year-old girl dressed up acting, posing as a boy. But I didn't see that, right? It was just like, I don't know, I feel like both but I looked more masculine. Um, so it's, it's a way to like, I want you to know that it's not, if you're doubting your experience, instead of doubting the experience, doubt your doubt, like doubt your conscious mind, challenge it. And, you know, everyone who says that they can't be hypnotized or it didn't work for one reason or another, after I dig around with questioning, they always went somewhere. They always saw something, but they refuse to acknowledge it as being true. Even if they're just like, you know what, for this moment, I'm going to pretend like this is totally true. Like, I, I just think it's it's I'm not laughing at the people I'm laughing at like the condition of the human conscious mind where it's like okay so to be clear your freaky ass went to my freaky ass website downloaded this past life journey and you get into it and of course your conscious mind is going to be like no what the fuck is this no this is not true so my Advice is always the same. It's like the more you do it, the easier it gets. And just like anything from running to skating to pitching to archery to anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yes, some people come in with more natural talent. Some people feel like they don't have any natural talent and boom, it opens. Their path is not for our consumption or comparison or evaluation. That is their path. This is our path. What do you want to do with your path? Like be open, play. Um, be open, play. Don't be so serious while you're doing it. See where it goes. Know that you don't, you probably won't ever feel like you're winning or like you're good at this until you come out of it and you kind of you know, journal or talk to someone about it or integrate it, think about it in your own mind and analyze what that meant compared to your life now. But don't do that during the session. Like during the hypnotic trance, your job is literally engage with anything that comes into your brain in response to the questions I'm asking or the suggestions I'm giving. That's it. You analyze it afterward after you come out of that trance, after you're no longer experiencing those past life scenes. That's when you're gonna analyze it. Now, the more you do this, the better you'll get at it. So just like, I like to compare it to lucid dreaming and the idea behind lucid dreaming, I think at the most simple essence of it is like, 
lucid dreaming is like, I'm dreaming and I know I'm dreaming. And so I am manipulating the dream. Like, I know I'm dreaming, so I'm going to go, you know, climb this tree and then go fly like a bird. That is lucid dreaming, right? Like I'm in an altered state, yet I am in some kind of control over my experience in this altered state. And the same is true with the more we do trance, the more we participate in that hypnotic trance and be comfortable in that state and understand what's conscious mind bullshit, what's subconscious gold, the more we do that, the easier it gets. And then the easier it gets to be like, oh, shut up, conscious mind. <laughs> but even like, um, I think it was in October, I released an episode um, of a past life regression I did. I don't think it was a past life. It didn't feel like a past life necessarily. So it was just another life. I was on a planet. And that to me was like clearly so fucking weird for my conscious mind that, you know, I stopped counting at 30, but after 30 plus past life regressions where I am the client, that life on another planet, I was like, my conscious mind was just like, I, I don't think we can do this. <laughs> we are making this up. And to the point where I just, because I feel uh, more lucid, I guess. I don't know if that, that would be the right word. Like more able to um, feel like I can kind of, um, not so much that this, uh, what am I trying to say? Not so much that this past life story or this other life story is happening to me. I can kind of, uh, from a deeper level, see what's going on. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make an analogy and it would be like when we first start a job, we're just like learning how to do that job, like this report or this process or this way of helping people. And it's when we learn that, then that kind of becomes second nature, the work, and then we're able to see our impact on a bigger level or how we work with other people. And I see that is true, like in a trance setting, right? Like, if I can become more lucid in a trance setting, I can be like, okay, uh, I'm out in a field, there's someone over there and I'm working. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go walk over to that person. Or I don't even have to walk over that person. I can understand our relationship just by reading the energy between us because there's always energy between people and we can read it whenever we want. You know, some people would say, that's your imagination, that's bullshit. But we can all feel it on some level, right? Someone is pissed and they walk into a room. We all kind of go, ooh, even if they haven't said anything. Like, that's the shit that we can tell. And we can, the more we can access that in that trance state, I have seen it in my life, in my clients' lives, who I'm um, happy to have any sort of front row seat to. It's like... Um, this idea of like when I am more able to utilize, accept, allow, sink into, and trust my subconscious mind, my intuition, and my imagination in a past life regression, in an at-home hypnotic journey, I am more able to do that in my daily life. It becomes easier for me to understand how my intuition enters my knowing physical sensation emotion thought 
picture in my brain, just the simple knowing. Um, when I understand how that stuff comes in, and for me, that was a big level up in terms of living in alignment with my intuition, accessing my intuition, understanding my intuition, that fuck, that like leveled up exponentially when I started doing hypnosis um, a lot. And I was doing it a lot because I was in training, but you don't need to like do, you know, multiple five day, all day trainings and hypnosis to get good at it. You don't have to, you just have to practice the trance and have fun with it and allow whatever to come in to come in. And then when it's done, you can use your conscious mind to analyze it, connect dots between what you saw and what you live right now or what you saw or what you experienced and the intentions for the experience. It's really just like a practice, have fun, be light. And the more you can understand how all of that works while you're in that trance state, the easier it is to do outside of trance when your conscious mind is like the loudest. So it's again, it's like training. It's like a gym sesh, you know, where's the gym at? Okay, so uh, can you do hypnosis wrong? Absolutely, you can do hypnosis wrong. You can, you can go to my freaky ass podcast and then you can go to my freaky ass website and you can download this weird ass at home past life journey and then you can sit down and do it wrong by believing every piece of bullshit that your conscious mind has doubting the situation that's how you do it wrong um but really how you do it right is just like sit back and allow it's very yin it's very feminine right like um a couple days ago i recorded the podcast that's coming this month with Ashley Sangergaard and Meredith McCowan from Earthling Astrology and Ashley from Yoga Magic Podcast. And we're talking about, you know, the astrology, this, you know, utilizing that Pisces energy. And one of the things we were talking about, feminine, yin, receiving energy of like the Pisces energy. And Ashley, um, brought up this really good analogy of like, um, like the egg inside a woman literally just gets released. It waits. And if there's sperm that comes up, it'll like, I didn't know this, but Ashley was like, it, it can help like nurture sperm that they want to come into the egg. It can basically the egg is like the fucking beginning of human life. And it just waits. It just waits. It gets fertilized and it waits and it does its thing. And it all happens naturally. And then a fucking human is made. Like if you can believe that <laughs> through all of that. But hypnosis is very yin, very feminine energy. You relax back and you allow things to come in without any personalization, you just simply observe. And it's afterward that we evoke that masculine energy of like, how does this match up and logically compare it and linearly, what does this mean? And both beautiful sides of the brain, most of us are not used to that yin energy of receiving. We're very much in this culture of like grind, 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 work hard, deserve it, work hard, deserve it. And it's like, I just, I don't subscribe to that. It doesn't work for me. 
Um, I need to fill my cup and then I can do 10 times better than I would when my cup's empty. When my cup is empty, you can better believe there's a fucking fire hose of resentment trying to fill that cup. And in this hypnosis, I think that's why it's difficult for people to move into it and embrace it where it's like they're so used to trying, grinding, controlling, understanding, questioning, logicking. And really, it's like when you're in that trance, you just sit back, allow, and receive. That's it. And in that is like, you know, tons of wisdom, obviously, tons of healing that can happen. But also in that is like deep restoration for your body and your mind. It's like a lot of the benefits of sleeping, but you're not asleep. But your mind and your body have shifted into this deep, deep restorative state of relaxation. And man, can't you feel it? Don't we all need it? I mean, I just feel the fucking frazzled, tense energy. And so maybe if it's too much pressure for your conscious mind to believe what you're seeing, maybe you go into it with the intention of like deep relaxation and just seeing what comes up and releasing that pressure of like, I'm going to do this so I can release X or I'm going to do this so I can be good at it or I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or releasing any sort of attachment besides I'm going to be so fucking relaxed when this is all done and in the meantime I'm just going to see what comes in and again when we practice something it's not just in one part of our life like we do not exist in a vacuum If I can get used to allowing and receiving effortlessly in a hypnotic trance, it will make allowing and receiving effortlessly in my daily life easier. Now, I'm not talking about like (laughs) the secret where it's like, expect a check, (laughs) get a check in the mail. Uh, If that works for you, that's awesome. That's not how manifestation (laughs) works for me, but, I do believe like when we practice anything, it becomes easier in the rest of our life to do that same thing. So maybe if you're someone who doesn't do well with taking a break without feeling guilt or um, allowing other people to take a break without feeling resentment, must be nice be able to do that right now. Maybe if that's where you're at, and you're having a difficult time going into hypnosis or you feel like you're just not getting enough, you feel like you should be able to get more out of it, then I say switch your perspective. And instead of doing the past life journey at home, thinking I'm going to have this you know, amazing past life experience and it's going to look like A, B, and C and I'm going to quote, see it. And instead be like, I'm going to relax and receive what is there for me to receive. I am ready and I am open. I'm going to observe. And when I come out of trance, I'm going to just journal, connect dots, logic, or talk to someone, or just go on a walk and think about it. Like be in it. That's when you analyze. That's when you connect the dots, when you're outside of that trance. That trance is very feminine, allowing, receiving, observing, a non-attachment, just a trust and a faith that everything is happening as it should. 
So if you need more of that practice, if you feel like it doesn't come easy, if you feel like you want more out of it, that's what I've been kind of telling people of this sense of like, if you feel like it doesn't work or you can't be hypnotized, really, really just go into it with a super open mind. Not even I'm going to see a past life, but just be like, I'm going to see what comes in. And that is, I'm going to see what comes in and that's the journey I'm going on. And if nothing comes in, I'll be incredibly relaxed when it's all done. And I believe that when you set that intention, that's when you're going to go farther. That's when you're going to go faster. We often think and we're told and we're trained and we're programmed to believe that pressure, 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 grind, grind, grind is the best way forward. And that's just not my experience. I spent, you know, better part of my life grinding and pushing. And uh, I wasn't any better for it. Again, it's like the internal landscape. It's not that grinding and pushing is wrong. It's that when I'm grinding and pushing, I'm in lack. I'm in sense of unworthiness. I'm trying to grasp at external things to make me feel better about myself. I'm attaching myself to my to-do list. So it's all fucking related. It's all related. And I just think hypnosis is such a great space to try to shut off that bullshit conscious mind bullshit that is programmed into us and it helps us and it's necessary but we give it way too much power another thing that's related to this that I just want to throw in there because it often comes up kind of in the same conversation is like um, hypnotizing intuition psychic abilities and it's really just this idea of like understanding how your intuition comes in and maybe even understanding how you think it should come in so you can understand that that's maybe the expectation you have. And your expectation of how this intuition is going to come in is actually blocking you from understanding uh, and absorbing and allowing and trusting what actually is coming in for your intuition. So one of the things that I often say to people, and I just said it, I think a couple minutes ago, where it's like being in that hypnotic state, we are so much more open, so much more aware, our senses are, are heightened. So it's actually easier to understand how that intuition comes in. So for me personally, that was a big up level in understanding my intuition. Another thing is, it's like, uh, with meditation and stuff, uh, I think meditation is is great. And if it works for you, I think that's awesome. I think it's not great how people act like it's this holy grail of increasing your intuition and happiness. And I think I think it definitely can be. But just because you can't meditate or it doesn't come easy to you or you don't enjoy it doesn't mean that you can't reap the same benefits. And those benefits, I believe, are quieting our mind like quieting our mind and part of that is like shutting off quieting like literally turning down the volume on the outside world whether that means noise canceling headphones um an hour to yourself inside your closet <laughs> or like a walk or quietly sitting in your backyard or somewhere else it doesn't necessarily have to be meditation you don't have to have your eyes closed you don't have to um 
be sitting in one spot. I'm at a point in my life where I do not want to do that, but I still get the rewards. I'm still reflecting as I walk. uh, A lot of times if I'm listening to something, it's like more like really quiet music or music without words or music with words in a different language that I can't understand. And, and then just allowing, just like I do in a hypnotic trance and observing the thoughts that come in and questioning them and almost like having a conversation with them. And I think of it as like having a conversation with my spirit guides a lot of times. And that might be for you. It might be having a conversation with God or your grandma who's on the other side or your higher self or your guardian angel, like whatever it is. But I think a lot of times people get tripped up in this idea of like, I'm trying so hard, but I just can't get anything. And it's like, maybe it's because you're trying to get something. That to me does not, when I'm trying to get something, I am not allowing. It's your birthright. These messages are there. And so what is getting in the way of allowing? Even if you're someone who's had a meditation practice for years and you feel still blocked and still stunted, maybe it's time to quiet your mind in a different way. Like what are some ways that you can quiet your mind? Because I think like with prayer is good and meditation is good and affirmations are good. But if we're always requesting things and asking for things and praying for things and asking, you know, all of these things usually that we're asking for are like answers to questions that we have. But if we're never quiet, to get those answers, or if the answer that comes in doesn't jive with your conscious, logical outlook on what is possible in life, you're not gonna trust it. You're gonna think it's nothing. Just like if you're in trance and you're seeing a past life scene, but it's not shown to you or you're not experiencing it in the way you thought you should, you're not gonna get it. Your conscious mind's gonna talk you out of it. And so think of like allowing. And again, if allowing is like something that's totally foreign to you, just observe the ways you could allow. Like how often do we stand in a line somewhere and we're like totally fucking impatient and it's like on my phone and checking my list and like, what's this person doing so long, you know, taking so long in front of me in line. And instead, what if I just allowed myself to stand there and do nothing? What if that was okay? And what if it was in that moment that my spirit guides were like, hey, she's quiet, put this idea there. (laughs) That's what I think, that's how I think it happens. I talk about that in my spirit guide workshop that I ran a couple times where it's like, if you never stop to listen to them, you're not gonna hear it. And if we doubt everything that comes in, (laughs) like if I give you something and you turn it away, like what, I don't, You know, I think it's allowing, being open to all the different ways what we want could come to us. And the same is true whether we're trying to live a life that's more in alignment with our souls, whether we're trying to make in decisions that are like backed by our intuition, trusting intuition, getting intuition, all of that stuff is like allowing, releasing, just accepting things to come forward when we're trying 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 that's our conscious mind that works when you're like trying to meet a deadline at work or 
trying to plan out your financial goals. This is not the time for that logic. And that can be really frightening and blocking for people. So examine all that. Take what works for you, practice it. Uh, if you have even more questions, let me know. Go to pastlivesandthedivine.com. You can click on ask a question if you want to do it anonymously. You can uh, click on the subscribe. You can scroll all the way down and it's at the footer and you can put in your email address and you can reply to one of my emails that I send you and ask the question. All good stuff. Mostly, I want to thank you for being here being open to hearing me talk about my thoughts. Um, and I'm sure Alex thanks you. <laughs> I always do this processing with him. Um, and thankfully, he enjoys it. Uh, but I thought I would share it all with you right now, since it's, you know, all this thought of like doing hypnosis right and trying to connect with our intuition and... Um, trying to make sense of this life based on what's happened to us in previous lives or in previous lifetimes in this life, if we've changed. I think all of that is just so related. So thank you for letting me talk that out. I'd love to hear what you think about it, uh, whether you agree, whether you disagree, your experience is probably different and I am hearing that. So let me know. If you liked this episode, uh, I would love your support. Pass this episode to a friend. Maybe you could pass this episode to a friend who you're like, I think they're freaky like me, but maybe not. <laughs> and just send them the episode. I, I would always do that. Like when I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to about this, I would like read a book that I thought was really good or like listen to a podcast episode. And then to people who I thought maybe would be into it, I would like send it to them and be like, hey, this is kind of crazy. What do you think about this? Or, oh, hey, I saw this and I thought about you because we were talking about it or whatever. Um, and just see what they say. Sometimes sharing resources, sharing someone else's point of view can be a lot less scary than like sharing our own point of view. And I would love to like be a part of opening those doors for you. And someday post-pandemic, Maybe all of us misfits can get together and enjoy each other in real life. But okay, have any questions? Let me know. Thank you so much for being here and being open to these conversations. I do not take it for granted. I feel so thankful that your ears are listening to me. Like I just, I thank you a lot. Take anything in this episode that helps you and just leave the rest.